Welcome and good morning. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Today, I'm kind of excited. You know, I say that a lot, but anytime I get to talk with a like-minded conservative that can clearly articulate their message, I'm excited because we need to get the message out. You know, conservatives kind of have a bad name in, in popular culture, and we need to change that. Um, if you're talking to somebody in the middle, maybe you say freedom-loving. Maybe you mention how you believe in the Constitution. You don't use the word conservative until you've started the conversation. So sometimes messaging makes a difference because we want to be heard. We need to change hearts and minds to our cause so that our freedom is preserved. Speaking of freedom, um, I'm going to start with my opportunities to get involved. Tomorrow night, um, unfortunately, they're out of tickets, is my understanding. They are sold out for the Dr. Peter McCullough event at the Tower Theater. Um, He is a world-known expert on COVID. He is the second most peer-reviewed, so he has peer-reviewed articles, doctor in the United States. Uh, Not all of it on COVID. Um, He has other specialties, but kind of a brilliant man. Now, the good news is that my understanding is that 1550 KXEX will be live streaming that, including the question portion. So at least you'll be able to participate if you weren't one of the 750 of us that got in there early. Um, If you're one of the ones that's planning on coming, come with your questions. Come with your enthusiasm. I think this man is a beacon of hope, and I think you're going to leave energized. Uh, Another thing that's going on, um, an opportunity to give back to the community. Uh, There's a toy drive and raffle at 325 Clovis Avenue. That is the Outlaw Tavern. That is Saturday night, 1218 at 6 p.m. Um, some of the prizes in the raffle are big screen TV, World War II, Bolo knife, so big honking World War II knife, multiple gift certificates. Uh, bring a $10 unwrapped gift, and you get a raffle ticket. Um, that is put on by PBC Proud Boys Clovis, and they're going to end up taking all of those toys and using Toys for Tots as the distribution. And so it's important that we give give back. You know, it, 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 it makes you feel good. It's a good thing. Uh, 1219, there is a medical freedom rally. That is the corner of Blackstone and Nice. That is from 2 to 4. So that is a Sunday. And on 1221, Multiple grassroots groups, including Sons of 76, um, Grassroots California 2.0, California Republican Assembly. You can tell I'm not an amateur at this, but I'm still working on getting to the professional level. Um, And Constitutionalists for California. We're all having a sock drive. We're going to donate those socks to the homeless. So another opportunity to get involved. Uh, we need socks in, turned in by the 21st. Um, we do have a drop-off box at 1123 Railroad Avenue. That's in Clovis. Um, or those of you that know me, um, you can reach out to me either on Facebook or many of you have my number. Um, I would be happy to come pick up socks. Um, we're hoping for unused socks. Um, but great opportunities. And Merry Christmas. Because the season is upon us, so I hope the season has changed you. We should all be a little kinder. It's a stressful time of year, but we need to be patient with others. 
and you need to realize what a treasure your friends and family are. So I hope you get into that Christmas spirit. With all that being said, uh, today I'm being joined by Adam Medeiros. He is a Hanford resident, local business owner, and he has decided he needs to step up. So what position are you running for, Adam? Well, I'm running for the uh, 21st District, uh, Congressional District in uh, Kings County, a little bit of Fresno County, and covers a little bit of Kern County. Okay. So that is David Valadeo's district. Correct. Why did you decide to step up? Well, it's like, I think, like the majority of people, you know, eventually you just get tired of complaining and complaining and then going home and sitting down and doing nothing. And we just determined that we're tired of complaining and we were willing to step up and say, we believe we can change. We believe we can represent the people of our district better than what we've been getting. So you said we, does that mean your family's on board? Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. I, um, I really decided to do it and I, I really wanted to do it. I felt called to do it. And, um, and my wife was real hesitant. She was real hesitant, and, and we really just took it to prayer. We took it to bringing the kids together and, and, and really discussing it out with them and letting them know that I've, I've worked on other campaigns, so I knew some of the headaches that go with it. But we really sat down with them and wanted them to know that, are you on board? Is this something that you can see you can get behind and, and, and help? Because we know we're going to need help. And, and they were all so supportive. They were all with us. They, they, they see the troubles in our community, in our state, in our country, and, um, and they believe I can help. Well, that's cool. So you're a local business owner. What do you do in Hanford? I've been a hairdresser in Hanford. I like to think of us as the first family of hair. Um, my wife and I met in beauty school. Well, that's I kind had of a cool story. Very cool story. I could get onto it, but I would take on the whole hour. Um, I have three children, and all three are involved in my business. Uh, my son is a barber, uh, works in, in my salon. My daughter is a hairstylist, works there. And my oldest son's wife is a hairstylist. She also works there. And so um, we've had it down for the last 42 years in, in Hanford. That's pretty cool. Um, it was interesting to me that you said, well, we prayed about it. Yeah. So that means that that's an important part of your life because – that determines a lot about who somebody is, whether they have that moral foundation, whether they realize that there's something larger than themselves. Yeah, and it's also something that, uh, you know, unfortunately we hear a lot in, in political campaigns. As It's amazing how, how Christian-like some candidates become when they start running for office. And I want you to know that this has been my life. Um, you know, we accepted Jesus Christ in, in 84 and we've never turned back. We've been involved in our church. We've been community leaders, helping out in the community, the needs that are there, and, and just really spreading the gospel of who Jesus Christ is. And so um, in my campaign, I've, I've not been ashamed of it. I, I have a cross on all my memorabilia. I want people to know that I am a Christian, and I identify myself as I, I am a Christian conservative, and uh, I'm serving God in this country wholeheartedly, as I believe our forefathers intended. Amen. You also um, are currently an elected official. Tell Correct. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Yep. Uh, I've, I've served on many um, uh, school boards, um, different boards. I've been on my church board. But uh, right now I'm on the Kings County Board of Education. And it really is um, really an appellate type of board. Um, I'd like to say we really do a lot. But on the Office of Ed, uh, we really are kind of like the, um, I like, like the Supreme Court of, of boards. So if there's a dispute in some school district and whatnot uh, over expulsions or uh, interdistrict transfers and whatnot, they can appeal to us. 
and then we will be the final say, and we determine through all the facts that are presented um, if it goes or not. And so that really is our main function. Um, the county board also oversees the um, juvenile school, uh, J.M. Montgomery in, in Hanford, and we do all the Shelley Baird programs go through the Office of Ed. So the juvenile schools, meaning uh, are those kind of um, delinquents? Correct. No, there are actually people who have been arrested, minors who have been arrested and are in juvenile hall still have to be educated. Right, and I, I realize you have to be careful about how you say those things, yes. but I don't because I'm not on that board. Yes, yeah. so, so yes, so the minors who are in the court system um, go through and then we uh, run that school. I, I've worked a bit with that community here in Fresno at a boys' home. For several years, not currently there, but I was there for eight years, and that they have a difficult time. Yeah, um, I, I really feel for them because they're minors, so they're not completely responsible for their behavior. They're somewhat, and with each additional year, they're more responsible. But the backgrounds they're coming from are are scary, yeah. and many time in many cases, the lack of support they have from their family is scary. And I think that government can't fix this that church that community organizations can fix it but government can't no you're absolutely right eric and uh and it's just sad you know i've i've been involved where even before when i i was on the county board i would go in and we would do haircuts for the, the kids at juvenile hall just so we could get in there and talk to them and, and communicate and i remember a time when the kid he was so excited he was getting out and he told me, yep, yep, you won't be cutting my hair anymore in here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out, you know, I'm done. I'm getting out. I said, that's awesome. You know, encouraged him. And when I came back a month later, six weeks later, he was there. Mm-hmm. And I said, bud, what, what are you doing here? And he goes, man, you know what? I get three square meals here. I got, you know, access to the weight room. Um, it's hard out there. And there's somebody, again, the example of having no family structure support. And, and that's where we're failing these kids is we have to get in with the, the family structure has to be enforced and strengthened so they can help their own children. Yes, but government set up a, set up a situation that enables single parent homes. Absolutely. Encourages single parent Absolutely. homes. Absolutely. With how they get less money yeah. if both parents are there. Yeah. It's usually the guy that's not there, but not always. Yeah. And I think that's one of our big failings in the inner cities. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and Eric, I don't mean to cut you off, but you know, this is my first interview ever. So, you know, you, you correct me any time, but no, it's absolutely. We, we are promoting right now the reliance on government rather than the reliance of what people can do, what God can do through people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we're failing. You know, we want everybody to be relying on the government for their income, for their direction, for what they can and cannot do. And I just believe that to be completely wrong. You know, God has given us inalienable rights that we have as citizens of this nation that says we determine what's right and what's good. And we have to instill that in our parents to be able, they can be able to instill it on their, to their children. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually where I was leading with all this. So you beat me to the punch. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. All right. No, no, that's good. Um, so th- that came down to your perspective on government, which gave me some insights there as to where you stand. Um, so would you say that you're kind of a traditional constitutionalist? No, without a doubt. Without a doubt. One of my big fears about the Constitution is the number of people that have almost no education. Yeah. For instance, if, if they know the First Amendment, they think, oh, well, that's just freedom of speech. Yeah. Well, it is much more layered, much more difficult than that. Yeah. 
much more important than just freedom of speech, freedom of religion, which we got stomped on when most churches Mm -hmm. decided that they needed to comply. And if it was two weeks to slow the spread, I understand, but it was not two weeks to slow the spread. We're at pretty much two years, and they're still trying to tell us how we need to behave. As a congressman, what can you do? Well, I'll assuming tell you, what, you get elected. Assuming I get elected, yeah. But regardless, well, well, let's go with when you get elected. Yeah, when I get elected, uh, regardless if I get elected or not, I believe uh, we need to stir up the community to become more proactive. Um, I know when I graduated from eighth grade, I had to pass the constitutional test, mm-hmm. and they don't offer that anymore, and and I, I can't understand why. And I've asked, and I'm saying, wait, why aren't we teaching the Constitution? There are laws that say, I'm, I think it was September 17th is Constitution Day. And every federally funded educational system is supposed to do something to inspire and teach the Constitution. And it's just not being done. So I think our, our first phase, regardless of the position that we're in as American citizens, we need to be inspiring our schools to say, hey, let's make sure it's clear that our kids have at least read the Constitution, not much less they should be able to test on the Constitutional and pass before they proceed to high school. And that used to be a requirement. And um, it's been sidelined because it, it was deemed, you know, unnecessary. And we as parents should be in an uproar over that and, and we put this back into our system. Something that's free and relatively easy is Hillsdale College offers courses on the Constitution Anybody can look it up, hillsdalecollege.com, and it is broken into about one-hour sessions. So, you know, while you're driving to work every day, if you got half an hour, you get through half of one every time. And I think it, it, was, it was eye-opening for me. There were a lot of details that I didn't know. Even though I call myself the constitutionalist here on this show, um, it's a profound document. Though, no. To me, the most profound thing is the fact that they are God-given rights. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's funny how, you know, the Declaration of Independence, that we, we, we say that phrase so fluently, mm-hmm. yet I, I've asked adults, I said, have you ever read it? And nine out of ten will say no. And I go, read it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so important to know that, you know, that how, how they mentioned God and how it was, you know, due to our creator. You know, they are Christian-based. This was, you know, J. Duo Christian you know, fundamentals in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And this is what our country was formed and based on. And we've just turned away from it. And uh, it's not too late to turn back. It just, again, it starts with a good education on what our forefathers really were intending for us. And they wrote that constitution and it is, you know, held the test of time. It has been so thorough generation after generation. And it's only now in the last maybe 75 years that you really see a fight to really almost put out the fire that it lights in you when you read it, when you see how the it empowers you to be in power over the government. Mm-hmm. And, and they're trying to squelch that. And when people don't realize that they are the power, not the government, they're helpless. Mm-hmm. There's a movie called The Noncompliance Movie. Um, would recommend anybody watch it that talks about kind of the structure of how rights are created and how they connect to the Constitution. Great. It's about 40 minutes. Uh, has a wonderful speaker. 
non-compliance movie, everybody should watch that as, as part of their education. Yeah, I've not seen it. so I, I, I will send that to okay. you. Okay, all right. Um, as far as local issues, what makes you unique? Hmm. You know, because water is one of the big ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I could tell you, Eric, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get elected to Congress and I'm going to go up and I can do the political mumbo jumbo is I'm going to fight for water. I'm going to fight for education. I'm going to fight for law enforcement. And, and I do plan on doing all of those things, but I think there's a, a more of a clear cut uh, agenda right now. I mean, we need to send people to Washington that are willing to stand up against this socialist attack on our constitution. And we have to stop that. If we don't stop that now in this midterm, um, I don't know what we'll be fighting for. And so my goal right now is to get to Washington to put a stop and push back this socialist agenda that is being shoved down our throat right now by the Democratic Party. You mean equity as opposed to equality of opportunity? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. You know. I go to a lot of school board meetings and, and I always speak if I'm there only one out of, I think I'm at 18 I've been to now. Um, one, I did not speak cause I got called in late cause it kind of got heated. I was somewhere else, another political event. And because it got heated, a friend of mine called me and said, can you come escort us to the car? That's what the Fresno schools are like. Uh, the number of woke BLM, equity first rather than equality of opportunity people, including six of the seven people on the board, they're right there. Uh, The last school board meeting I went to in Fresno, uh, it was about 40 times I heard the word equity. Wow. No, I'm shocked. I am shocked. Like I said, um, I've talked to you a minute earlier, and I told you, you know, we've been to a lot of school board meetings now. I'm attending almost all of them in my district. And, um, and again, it's, it's, at least in Kings County is all I can say. You know, they have been so receptive. The boards have been so compliant and saying, wow, it's good to hear what the people are thinking. And so I haven't, I haven't come across with that. I believe uh, maybe Kings County is a little bit of a different animal. It, it is. Um, but um, they have been so good and so receptive and, and wanting to know what the public is thinking and then wanting to know what can they do. Uh, we've left many meetings, you know, and again, and some it felt like they were heated, but there were just passion in what the what the community was saying about the vaccine mandates, you know, that are coming, about the mask mandates. And so I've had, you know, many board members call me up afterwards saying, okay, wh- what can we do? How can we help? And so there, there's a lot of good things happening. And I believe that more and more is going to happen. I believe the the woke agenda that may be in, in Fresno is, is going to meet up to this and they're going to find out that there's more against them than they think. Uh, I was just at a meeting last night where they said that, you know, LA, LA County had already initiated their vaccine mandate. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but now they pushed back the date because they've gotten so much pushback right to September. Yep. They're going to keep pushing it back because again, as we've declared to the boards that I've talked to, you know, if you want Christian education, to be the number one education system in California, then impose vaccine mandates. And you are going to see the mass exodus of public schools and people going to find either Christian education or homeschooling uh, opportunities because they're not going to subject their children to that. Well, from from 2020 to 2021, the number of homeschoolers in California doubled. And I'm expecting that number is only going to keep getting bigger 
as long as the left has the view that they're not your kids and that you're not responsible for their education. And I think that parents are first and foremost in a child's education. Absolutely. And that the school district provides a support role after that. You know, they're specialists in a particular topic, so they allow your kid to be educated in a different way. What a lot of school boards have decided to do is indoctrination. Yeah, it's sad. It really is. And and again, and I try always to, uh, you know, interject in this type of conversation that a lot of school boards don't realize the power they have. Um, you know, the school board hires the superintendent, and the superintendent is basically their employee. But many school boards, once they hire him, they believe that he's like the voice of God, or he or she, and that whatever they say is what it is. And um, they have to come to grips that they have the power to direct that person to run that school differently. Not and just if, the power, the responsibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. They have the responsibility. Yeah, it is on them. And this is what we're trying to make clear when we are speaking to school boards now, that the power and the responsibility is yours. Don't pawn it off on your superintendent. He works for you, and you work for the people. And here are the people telling you that we don't want these things, and yet they they continually get pushed down our throat. I, I don't understand how that happens. We're going to go ahead and take a break. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. Welcome back, folks. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. Today I'm joined by Adam Medeiros. He's a Hanford resident. Uh, He's been involved with his community for a number of years. He's also a local business owner, and he is running for the 21st Congressional District, which is the, in my case, hated hate to use that word, but I truly feel betrayed and feel like David Valadeo is a traitor. If David Valadeo had simply said, the best deal I could get from from the Democrats was that seat that he got from the Democrats right after that vote, and he cut a, and he said, I cut a political deal, instead of the pitiful floundering I saw him in several in- interviews that he did, um, I would at least go, okay. I understand that. Instead, he, oh, it's my conscience, except none of his body language read true. I don't trust him. I don't like him. I walked for him in Kingsburg, walked districts, talked to him about conservatism, shook his hand, feel betrayed, will have my say at some point when I see him personally, and it won't go well. He better hope kids are around so it's rated G. On a better note, Adam's stepping up to try to take that position. Why are you uniquely qualified? Well, one is I am a local business owner, and I believe that that, that's the qualification. I believe that too many politicians is that once they get indoctrinated into politics, they forget how the common person works, how the common person lives, and the laws that they're imposing, how we have to live by them. And so I believe that we need fresh voices in Congress and not career politicians. We need people that are in the workforce that have done it and seen how it works, seen how the hindrances are there and some of the benefits that are there. But we need that constant change to get fresh ideas in Congress and not become stale like we have over the last 7,500 years. Well, for instance, uh, Nancy Pelosi recently stated that she was kind of okay with insider trading. 
<laughs> you know, bills that Congress acts upon that will affect companies or, or, or whole industries in some oh. cases, and congressmen using that information to buy stock. Yeah. Well, and she was okay with it. Yeah. Funny how she was okay. She's okay now because she'd been caught with her hand in a cookie jar. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't okay when Martha Stewart, you know, spent jail time. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. yeah she had a lot to say about exactly that. Exactly, for, for insider trading. I said, come on. You know, it, they're hypocrites. They are hypocrites, and they don't know how the average person feels, thinks, or has the the objects they face in everyday life. Um, and I believe term limits are important. I believe term limits is one of the biggest failures that we've done in our government system. And I am a big supporter of term limits. At They have to get out. I know when you say term limits and everybody's like, could we just term limit the Democrats? You know, I go, I wish it could work like that. Mm. Look, there's a, there's a lot of problems on on the con- on the Republican I, side. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to say conservative side, but no. I think it's really Republican. Absolutely, side. but term limits are just important, and I believe that's that's the the biggest stumbling block we have right now is not having term limits imposed. I believe our forefathers uh, established that to have a two year term, so that the fresh ideas were going in through Congress, and that senators with a six year term would be the ones that would be the stable. You know, conservatives that are looking and 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 letting the good stuff come through, and sending back the the bad ideas with the fresh ideas that are coming every two years, and so we don't have that anymore. We have career politicians that are only out for their own interest and no longer the interest of the people. Well, I think Pres- President Brandon absolutely personifies that. Absolutely, He's been in fifty years, he's never absolutely. had a real job. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And so, how are you connected to the people? Boy, I tell you what, uh, you, you ever been in a hair salon? Uh, there's a lot of talking. <laughs> Boy, there's a there, lot there of There was talking. a time when I had hair, and uh-huh. you know, I had to get it uh-huh. cut. Boy, it looks really good. I'm not going to lie to you. Is this, is, is this being videoed? This is being videoed, Okay, yeah. I'm sorry for lying. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I got, just thought I'd get busted right now. Um, yeah, and so um, it is a people person, uh, person business. And uh, when you're in that business, you are dealing with people all the time. And I don't deal with just conservatives or Republicans or, or just Democrats or independents. It's just a, a variety of people. And when you talk to people, you understand how they feel. You know, I'm putting out a product that, you know, I have a new boss every 30 minutes. And my job is to do a service for them. But part of my job is to understand who they are. And so I've spent the last 42 years understanding who people are, understanding how they think and why they think. And I've had a lot of people, you know, Democrats, you know, tell me exactly why they think the way they think. And, you know, some of them had valid concerns. Others are just completely crazy, but, no, but that's still their prerogative. Right. But because of the position you were in, you had to have that conversation and be reasonable. Absolutely. That's right. So that's a great skill. That's right. Absolutely. Um, because if you have a conflict, it disrupts your entire business, yeah. not just that experience Absolutely. of that customer. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you have to learn to, um, you know, to work with people. Um, But in in a sense, you also have to have the integrity and the tenacity to say that you will not work with some. And so I make it totally clear that that when I go to Washington, I'm not going there to work with the Socialist Democrats. I'm going there to work against them. I have a standard that says integrity in, in God's word, integrity in our Constitution is what we have to stand by. And there are socialist Democrats right now, and I believe there are socialist Republicans out there right now that have to be stopped. They have to be stopped. That is the number one point on my agenda 
is to stop this movement from going forward. Well, people think that Republicans are conservatives, and I would say that's, especially in California, not necessarily true. No. Um, the leadership at the California Republican Party, Jessica Patterson, um, I know several people that are our state delegates, and I heard the same thing from every single one of them. They wanted somebody for this recall election like Kevin Faulkner. The man doesn't stand for really anything. Don't respect him. Um, he believes in big government. The government grew significantly in San Diego when he was mayor. He doesn't support the Second Amendment in any significant way. He's weak and pitiful there. He is pro-abortion against one of the party planks. He's pro-amnesty, and he's pro-well, pro, pro-New Green Deal and all in on global warming. Wow. Um, and that's who the leadership wanted. Yeah. Now, and, we got Larry Elder largely, though they didn't endorse, but, I mean, Larry Elder won 60% of the vote. Yeah. We still lost the recall. But it says a lot that the leadership doesn't believe in values. And, Jessica, I'd be happy to have you come on, but I'm not going to be as nice as some of the other interviews because there's some real things that you need to be questioned on. No, I agree. And and those are the ones that have to get called out. We have to get so why would they even consider a candidate like that? To Because to they thought he could be elected and all yeah. they care about is the R. It's like yeah. we're playing two football teams and all they care about is that their team wins, not about values. Yeah. And we can't change our our local community. We can't change our state government and we definitely can't stay, change national until we get back to a set of values that mean something. We need bold leadership. That's right. And, and you know, the bullet points have come off, you know, because nobody wants to come out and say, no, hey, I'm strictly pro-life, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm strictly against this new Green Deal. It, it's baloney, you know, against the, the climate change hoax, you know. We have to get out and step out and say who we are instead of hiring these, I'm not going to call them rhinos or whatever you want to call them, but they're just chameleons, and they just turn to whatever will get them elected. We have to have the integrity, and again, like I said, constitutionally, integrity in our Constitution to do what's right. Well, there's a lot of them that, you know, rhinos used a lot, but I I think the term republicrat would work. (laughs) Big government Republican that knows how to talk the talk, but is actually really just a moderate that is okay with more government and more power rather than a set of principles. Yeah. No, and and it has to be one of our foundational things, as I think Ronald Reagan was one of the first to really, you know— put it out there as fact that we have to have smaller government. Mm -hmm. It's not bigger government does not serve the people better. Smaller government does. Mm -hmm. And so we have to go back to those principles where the people are in control and run the government and the government works for them. And if you lose sight of that, then the society is lost. Absolutely. And sadly, there's where we sit in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it's going to change. It's going to change. And again, I wish that I could tell you that I was going to be the instrument that was going to bring all this change. But I know that I am just one man, Eric. But I believe that truly God is calling people to step up and we're going to see the biggest swing of power in in our in our history for this next midterm. I, I pray you're right. And yeah. I will do everything in my power to help that yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, I'm almost, I'm technically registered Republican, but most of my adult life I've been registered as a libertarian. Um, Though I'm a conservative libertarian because I so believe in small government. I live my life like a conservative. Yeah. 
because I believe in those values, but I don't want large government to have a say in many cases. Yeah. And, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't, you know, even, even in the school system, you know, they, they have the, you know, your LCAP, you know, your local control accountability plan. And they actually get extra money for this to teach the districts how to involve the locals in making decisions. And, and yet, so few people take advantage of it. So few people get involved and we need to stir up everybody. It's not just, you know, Adam Adaris got stirred up and now he's running for Congress. It's we need to stir up everybody to get involved. If it's in your school system, if it's in your city system, your county, whatever it is, because you are the one that's going to make the difference. And when we get enough people involved to do the right thing, to step out and say, Hey, we want less government, not more. How do we achieve that? It'll happen. Well, with freedom comes responsibility, and we've forgotten the responsibility end Absolutely. of the equation. Absolutely. And we're so teaching many that. people are, are, are simply putting their head down and pretending yeah. like everything will be fine. Yeah. And again, I'm not, not just because I'm, I'm involved in schools, but I believe that is a great part the fault of the schools, mm-hmm. uh, the systems that we're teaching where, you know, you're going to have groupthink instead of individual accountability for what you've done. You know, you're going to get into, you know, this group and this group is going to get the whole grade, even though, you know, four people did all the work for all eight, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just not right. There is no accountability or social promotion. Right. Right. And you have to have the accountability part. Mm -hmm. We each, if we would, you know, toe the line and say, I'm going to be accountable for what I do, you know, and I think that's going to be the greatest threshold that we have to cross accepting our own accountability. That's the thing that scares me the most about critical race theory. Yeah, it immediately knows who you are by the color of your skin, yeah. racist. By its very definition, it's racist. If yeah. they know who you are by the color of your skin, that's the polar opposite of Martin Luther King's dream. Yeah. But not only is it bad for the people that are being accused of being the oppressors, it's also bad for the other people that are being told, you can't make it without yeah. us, without more government. That is so the polar opposite of, of the American dream, where through hard work and dedication, you can change your entire world. Yeah. And that dream still exists. Absolutely. Um, if you look at Asians and the Pakistanis, they're doing amazing things at the college level. They're doing amazing things at the high school level. I'm pretty sure that my skin is a lot pinker than theirs. Huh. They have a different, well, I would say they have a different culture. They value education. They push their kids. They make their kids accountable. Guess what? The parents in that equation changed the whole thing that happened at the schools. Now, that's not all Pakistanis, not all Asians. Of course, there's exceptions in everything. But what I want to point out is that there are a lot of groups saying, well, things aren't all equal. Um. You have more than one kid. <laughs> yep, okay. Absolutely. And they all have different gifts, don't they? Yep. Yeah. So they're not truly equal. No. They might be equal in the eyes of the law. They might be equal in how you love them. Yeah. But because they have different gifts, they have yeah. different opportunities in front of them. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I just, and I just want to echo what, what you just said, that, you know, no, the critical race theory is, is truly the most racist document that has been put out in the last 50 years. And I say 50 years because it, it's not new. A lot of people are, are you know, coming, well, man, this has just come out. I said, come on, 
They've been shoving this down little by little, encroaching on our school systems to teach this ideology of critical race theory for the last 50 years. And so it's now just come its ugly head because of the administration, the weak administration we have now in the federal government is allowing this to be and promoting it. And so we see that the enemy now is out front is all, but it's been coming for 50 years. Mm -hmm. And so we have to step up against it. We have to pronounce it as evil as it is the most racist document put out in many years. And we have to stop it. It has to be defeated. I I find an interesting parallel that right after the Civil War, a whole bunch of people in the South got together. They decided to wear white sheets, and they knew all about people because of the color of their skin. Those were Democrats. Hmm. And now the proponents for critical race theory know all about people because of the color of their skin. Hmm. Well, What what does that tell you about their hearts? Well, there's a huge difference. I mean, you know, they're not wearing sheets now. Yeah. You know, that's the big difference. out in the open. That's it. It's just out in the open because— uh, I believe that communities, even like, like, like Kings County, Fresno County, Kern, have fallen asleep. We have fallen asleep at the wheel thinking that somebody else was running and driving the ship. And it's not. It turns out that we have to drive our own. We have to get on board, grab a hold of the wheel, and then be responsible for the decisions that we make. And I think that's where we're failing as a community is that nobody is willing or really encouraged and given the ability to grab a hold of that wheel. Because right now we're fighting big government that says, Mm -hmm. I have the wheel, just get in back and do what I tell you and everything will be okay. And that is the biggest farce that they've put out so far. Um, That is COVID in a nutshell. Yep. COVID in a nutshell. It is scary how many people have decided that, well, the government told me, so I need to comply. Like this latest mask mandate. Um, You know, I've decided that Next time I get called on it, I'm going to say, look, I identify as Gavin Newsom. I'm currently at the French Laundry, and so I don't need to wear a mask. We'll we'll see what uh, they say. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to go over well, but uh, (laughs) again, it it is what we have to do. We have to step out and say this is wrong. But again, I'm I'm slightly shocked at, at what happened over the last year and a half. I really felt that, especially in the Central Valley, San Joaquin Valley, it was... You know, there's a lot of young people, a lot of farming communities that I thought, no, these cowboys are not going to just be told what to do. And I was surprised at how many people were told to put a mask on and get vaccinated. And they did Mm -hmm. it without challenging, without saying, wait, that isn't right. That isn't promoted or it's promoted, but it's not enforced by science. Mm -hmm. There is no science behind that. And yet people did it. Mm -hmm. Well, they successfully used fear. Yep. They controlled Absolutely. the media. Um, do you notice when death started dropping, all the local media and all the national media, mainstream, yeah. went to reporting number of cases? Yeah. Well, people should be happy about the number of cases as long as there aren't hospitalizations and deaths because the more people that actually catch this Great. and then survive it, they now have natural immunity, yeah. which even lying flip-flop Fauci, Dr. Fauci, um, has admitted that natural immunity is better than the shot. Hmm. Yeah, go figure that one, huh? No, it's uh, it just blows my mind at, um, you know, the, 
the course that people take to do what they're told, it really just flattened me out because I, I, I didn't expect it. I really thought there was going to be a bigger fight for it. But we see it now as we are more sheep mm-hmm. and we just did what we were told. But I still, as I've said earlier, I believe there is a great awakening happening and that people are going to rise up and say, this is enough. And so uh, to my campaign, um, I kind of am enjoying the tyrannical rule that Governor Newsom has because I believe it's going to make every Republican, every conservative look better in this midterm election because the people don't want this. And the majority of people are going to come out. I tell people all the time in my campaign, Democrats are going to elect me because I still believe there are Democrats that believe in God and love this country that are fed up with this tyrant that we have. And and they're going to, they're going to vote for somebody that can help them get out of that. Well, I don't think that Democrats represent the values of frankly, all of my Hispanic friends with the exception of one, one that's very, very liberal. Um, But everybody else, I don't think they represent the values at all. And I think that there's going to be, that's going to be one of the demographics that dramatically shifts. Um, I just read an article where roughly 50% of Hispanics are looking at, Hey, you don't represent my values. I'm now going to vote for the Republican. And just a few years back, it was more like 75, 25. That is a huge shift. That is a huge shift. And again, and I think it's a lot of the fundamentals, you know, I think, you know, people are always like, oh, well, you know, the um, migrant community coming in, you know, I said, no, those are good people. They're looking for a better life. You know, yes. Has the, has the, our government made it easy for them to be on the government dole? Yeah. And that's the government's fault. Mm -hmm. These are good people. These are people that still, you know, believe in God and they want to love this country. And I, I think you're right. They're going to shift to a more conservative view because most of them are pro-life. Most of them do believe, you know, many of them are Catholic, you know, that, that truly believe that abortion is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be those fundamental points that stir these people up to say, we have to vote for a different party. Mm-hmm. As more people wake up, I, I consider it points of light. Courage is contagious, but you need to get out there and act. It's not enough to just vote once in a while. You need to talk to your family about values. Even if you don't use the word Republican or Democrat, talk to them about values. How come churches are running so afraid? Not all churches. I I know some pastors that I truly respect. But how come they're running afraid and in fear of discussing values? They don't even have to mention party. They have to talk about how values connect to their faith. And that's a legitimate conversation. Absolutely. And and should be in the forefront Mm -hmm. of every single church. But again, you know, the church has become like the government, where it's all about the number of people and not the message it's putting out. And so they're failing many of the people. And I know there are some great churches and some great pastors, and I know they're doing the work. But many of them are just out, and they're looking at numbers instead of, the conversion of people changing their lives for the better. Um, I'm a huge uh, fan of Mario Murillo and I just love his, uh, his stance when he came out and he really was just so bold and said, which I'd never heard said at a church service, but he literally says, you know, if, if you're voting for this democratic agenda, I challenge your Christianity because you can't do both. 
You yeah. can't vote this way for this ideology that they have and call yourself a Christian. But you don't even have to use the word Democrat or Republican. Correct. Correct. So there's their way around. Yep. We're going to go ahead and take our last break. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Welcome back, folks. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Today, I'm joined by Adam Medeiros. He is running for the 31st District, 21st, 21st Congressional District against David Valadeo. Um, he is a Hanford resident. Why are you hopeful? Well, I'm hopeful because I feel I feel called to it. And I truly believe the people are going to wake up and make a huge shift in our government. And I'm putting myself, making myself available that I can be chosen to be the representative. Uh, I'm hopeful because I do, I believe they are waking up and they're going to see a different government can be made. Reagan has a, an important quote that talks about how we're only one generation generation away from losing our democracy that we don't just inherit it but that there's a responsibility that comes with it ronald reagan being one of my heroes it is really time to step up how do people find out about your campaign uh, a lot of ways uh, main way is you can go online at uh, madeirasforcongress.com uh, it has my entire website uh, my entire platform uh, laid out very plainly um, and it lets you know who i am uh, we're also on instagram madeiras for congress um, and you can connect with us. We are also, uh, on, on our phone line, uh, five, five, nine, four, one, zero, I'm sorry, three, six, two, 1981. And you can call me directly. Um, we have my committee on, on that line and, um, and we'll answer any questions you have. Um, we are having a fundraiser on the 28th. You guys can come and connect in Hanford at the civic auditorium. Um, we'd love to have you, um, Tickets are sale now and available in Hanford. The 28th, so what day of the week is it's that? It's a Friday, the 28th of January. Okay. And uh, actually, and just FYI, um, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of Brandon Tatum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Tatum will actually be our speaker for that oh. night. And so cool. he's coming to Hanford and uh, giving us a little shout out. Well, good, good. He's definitely a great advocate. Yeah. So aside from your church... How is it that you convinced your family this was a good idea? Because, you know, when I talk to people, they're like, oh, my God, yeah. I don't want to run for office. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in that category, though. I, I've stepped up in other yeah. ways, hoping that I never have to run for office. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let me tell you, you know, that it wasn't a lot of convincing. Um, they know who I am and uh, they know that I'm, I'm willing to speak out and I'm willing to call um, call wrong, wrong and, and get along the side of right. And so there wasn't a lot of convincing. Um, you know, the biggest challenge we had was, was, was my wife and, you know, and she had just great points and, you know, we looked at our, our lives as we were right now and thought, you know, we're, our children are grown. We have grandchildren. They all live within about a four mile radius of my house. Um, lucky man. Yeah. We're doing very well. We're at a comfortable stage in our life. And she's like, why would you want to mess that up? Why do you want to get into that? And, and, and the answer was simple. I said, uh, I'm not looking for the position. One, I hate to travel. I I hate, I'll hate to leave home. But I felt called to this, and I believe it was a God calling that is calling me to step out and do something that others are not willing to do. I believe they, they know it, but they're just not willing to do it. And so when she realized that it was not just my ambition to do it, 
but a calling. And she got on board. When we explained it to our children, they all got on board. They've been all so supportive, so helpful, because they believe it's a calling and not my ambition that I want. Well, that is a key point. Um, I wish more politicians were running for those reasons. Instead, there seems to be a whole lot of ego and desire for power. Yeah, absolutely. And that is part of the problem. And that's why I believe, again, I'll reiterate what I said earlier, term limits have to be enforced term limits are important because we got to get those people with those ambition and egos to know that their time there will be limited. Mm -hmm. You either need to move up or get out and hopefully get out. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Our forefathers put it in there for that to just get those fresh ideas coming in and, um, and it'll work. The system works. Well, I think the grassroots as opposed to necessarily the Republican party is where kind of the heart and soul is now. And, I'm so encouraged by seeing more and more candidates that are kind of coming from your perspective. I thank you for joining me today. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Can you go ahead and give your website and a way to contact you? We're still going to be Facebook Live for just a tiny bit longer. Yeah, sure. While the music plays. Go ahead. Okay. It's uh, MadeirasforCongress.com. That is my website. Also, Madaris for Congress on Instagram. And my phone number is 559-362-1981. Well, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you very much.